The AP Pro Football Podcast is presented by Cairn University. Hey, this is Russell Wilson. This is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti, and welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. Comebacks highlighted week two in the NFL. Home underdogs is the storyline heading into week three. We'll give you some picks coming up. We have Tim Tebow again this week. He'll talk about his experience in the huddle, trying to lead teams to rally from a deficit, how to keep things from falling apart. Very interesting conversation. Tua Tungavailoa led the Dolphins back from a 35-14 fourth quarter deficit at Baltimore. He threw six touchdown passes in the process. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, they overcame a 20-0 deficit at Las Vegas. And then there was Joe Flacco. He brought back the New York Jets from down 13 with a minute 55 left in Cleveland, a game the Browns should have won if Nick Chubb didn't score a touchdown and simply got tackled, went down, went out of bounds. They could have ran out the clock. We also chat with Tim about the All-State AFCA Good Works team, so stay tuned for that. And following up our conversations last week about mental health with Marcus Smith and Chris Hubbard, Mark and Kim Helinski joined me to chat about the great work that they're doing through Helinski's Hope Foundation. Their son, Tom. Tyler was a quarterback at Washington State when he committed suicide in January 2018. Their youngest son, Ryan, is a quarterback now at Northwestern, and Ryan is actually among those being recognized by the All-State AFCA Good Works team for his work as a mental health advocate through Holinsky's Hope. We'll lead off with this very important conversation with Mark and Kim Holinsky. Mark and Kim Holinsky, welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. Thank you for joining me and thank you for the work that you're doing, the courage, raising awareness about mental health. And I, I talk to a lot of athletes, a lot of NFL players and using their platform to bring awareness to this topic. But you guys have a very personal experience with it. Uh, and, and just tell the listeners what you went through with Tyler, your son. Well, you know, it's almost five years that, that he's been gone, January 16th. 2018, uh, he took his own life. He was a quarterback at Washington State. We had no idea that he was struggling. He was happy. He was good. He was kind. He loved his teammates and his coaches and had money in the bank, a car and lots of friends. And, and one day he was, he was just gone. And we are struggling every single day without him. Um, it's hard to breathe. It's, it's hard to walk. But after we lost him, we thought, how many other Tylers, how many other student athletes out there are struggling with their mental health because of, you know, the pressure and the stress and the grind that they go through? And we don't want another student athlete, uh, another family to go what we are going through. And so we started our foundation. Um, and it's our way of, of really honoring Tyler and helping our athletes out there who we just think are incredible and give so much to so many for our enjoyment and entertainment. And tell me a little bit about Helinski's Hope Foundation and the Tyler Talks that you guys are going around to different universities and campuses and, and getting that opportunity to speak directly to the student athletes. Yeah, Rob, as, as Kim was kind of saying, we were really unsure of what happened to Tyler. We still are. Five years later, we're still looking for answers. Um, but through that process of asking all those questions, talking to his friends and coaches and, and teammates um, and getting feedback you know, around the country as, as we started going school to school, 
that there's there's a lot more Tylers out there. You know, that, that these guys, that whether it's, you know, now we've got NIL and we've got portal stuff and um, conference realignment, right? Super conference talk. And so there's a ton of stuff. These kids are coming in at 17, 18 years old. And so with Holinsky's Hope, we said, if there's if there's something we can do to sort of clear the path between the people that need help and the people that can actually give it, you know, get bring awareness up, eradicate the stigma, provide other resources uh, for campus, for the kids um, and for the teams. <clears throat> and that that's sort of what took off as Holinsky's Hope. What evolved from there is Kim and I do a talk. Uh, she's been calling it Tyler talk for so long. Um, Tyler talks about an hour program. It's it's 10 slides, you know, a couple of videos. And the message that we're trying to present to these guys is Tyler was one of the guys next door. You know, he was your quarterback. He was your setter in, in volleyball. He was your cleanup hitter. And with all those good things, I think a lot of our young kids think that mental health takes a long time to sort of roll out. And there'll be plenty of warning signs. And when it gets real bad, we'll jump in and try to help. And Tyler's story kind of throws a little water on that and says, sometimes we don't know. We have to do this a little mm-hmm. bit better. And we're, Kim and I, Kim would tell you, we're so encouraged when we see these guys, right? They work so hard. Um, our message is you got to keep doing that. You got to keep grinding. You've got to get to your dream. That's okay. But just like physical injuries, you have an ACL and you've got to sit out. Your mental health is important to you and you've got to get that in a place that lets you be the best you can be on the field and off the field. For loved ones, for parents, for significant others, for whoever it may be, where telltale signs or the warning signs aren't obvious, what do you do? How do you approach that? So I just tell you, we get that. That's the, you know, the question, right? And after five years looking at old videos, listening to interviews, our own voicemail messages, you know, we don't get any new pictures or any new clips of him. And it's just it, when you, you know, when you sit in that moment and, and know that, as, as we're kind of going through that, I think, um, I, you know, Kim, Kim can talk to this as well. I think it's really important for us to share who Tyler was and what he was all about. He, he would be embarrassed by this stuff. You know, he, he didn't like all that attention necessarily, but he loved his teammates, right? He respected his coaches. He loved the process. And he had a terrific year sort of backing up quarterback, you know, Luke Falk in that that year and he had two years to go and it was his team and he'd worked so hard. And sometimes that's not enough. And I I think that's the weird, when we talk to these student athletes, it's hard to process. And and because mental health is such, it's more complex. You know, we do Tommy Johns. We're great at that and ACL repair and not to trivialize those injuries, but mental health can be a life and death situation as we, you know, sadly know. Well, and as far as signs, there really weren't any from Tyler, um, we look back, there were subtle things. He uh, was sleeping a little bit more. His texts and phone calls to us, I mean, those were common things throughout every single day. They were less and less. Um, he, he, we look back and he seemed to have a hard time eating. And we didn't really understand that those were possibly signs of mental health struggles. So throughout, you know, this four year, almost five year process, we've learned a lot. We aren't mental health professionals, but we've teamed up with some great folks around the country, some amazing sports psychologists. And what we tell parents and what we tell players and athletes is that if you see a subtle change, it is so much better to reach out 
and ask if they are struggling than to be silent and, and sit in your worry. And, and the same goes to that, that player who is struggling. We tell every single student athlete we meet with, it's a strength to reach out for help. It's not a weakness. And I know these athletes, um, they're supposed to be strong and powerful and they, and they grind every day and they, you have to do that to be an athlete, to pay, play at this high level. But you can't do that if you are struggling with your mental health. And you're going to be a much, as Mark said earlier, a much happier player on the field, on the court, and and you'll perform better and off as well. Yeah. As parents, Rob, the answer, the short answer is you've got to trust your gut. Mm-hmm. You know your kids better than anybody. Kim and I, as Kim mentioned, a couple of them, we got a few texts. We we sort of attributed it to he was starting for the first time in the bowl game and there's more pressure and activity going on. So you didn't want to be a burden to him either. But there was something deep down, you know, that you just you just sort of pushed away. Maybe you attribute it to other things until you can rule out mental health is not an issue. Uh, you've got to you've got to fo- follow that gut instinct till it gets resolved. And, and that's I know that's easy to say now. And difficult to execute, but that's the best advice we can give. That's very well said. How encouraged are you that it seems since maybe two, three years ago, and and not even as far back as Tyler, but it's becoming something where the stigma has been broken. More players, more people are talking about it. More uh, athletes who are in the NFL and various other sports are speaking out about it and, and telling their experiences, telling their stories, whether they're guys like Brian Dawkins, who's a Hall of Famer, has talked about overcoming suicide thoughts. How much do you think that helps continue to break down that stigma and encourage people, players, whoever, or students to to seek that help because to, to feel like, hey, I don't have to, especially men, we feel sometimes like, hey, I want to man up. I want to toughen up. I got to deal with this on my own. Uh, I, I know I go through periods of time where I feel that way. And, and then for me, it's all about my faith. And I just have to turn it over to the Lord that way and say, I'm not strong enough on my own. But how important is it that more people are seemingly breaking that stigma? So important. And, and you talked about players, you know, in the NFL, Hayden Hurst, you know, he attempted suicide. He's tight end and um, Dak losing his yeah. brother. Um, I think the more that these athletes uh, speak up, professional ones, because they are admired, you know, they're looked at. And and if someone like Dak, Dak Prescott can talk about mental health and, and talk about losing his brother, I just think that opens up so many avenues of communication for not just, you know, collegiate athletes, but for our high school kids and for even younger. And I applaud them for really having the strength to speak up and, and help others. I, I think Rob, in addition to that, right. So that's, that's critical. And, and they're the ones that bring hope. I, I struggled. I'm still here. Tyler's story and so many other Tyler's don't get told. And so we we sort of represent that a little bit. It's incredibly important, not just for them to speak up, but then you think about it, it's the follow-on. How are they as a person? How have they, you know, does it has it impacted or impeded their career? You know, I think back to like a guy like Coach Nick Saban. If he can be as successful in the collegiate football ranks, arguably, right, mm-hmm. incredibly successful, and still take care and still find ways to nurture his team's mental health and still have performance on the field, I think that combination – 
does wonders for everybody. Now, you don't have to be a Nick Saban. You don't have to be a, a Hayden Hurst or Dak to talk about this stuff. But normalizing the conversation, it should be as easy as talking about, you know, a, a knee or an elbow. But it's also private, right? So we get it. Sometimes you don't need to share all of that. The key question, you hit on it. Is am I not sharing this because I'm worried about what people will think or how it might impact my playing time or my leadership role on the team, et cetera? I think that's really valiant and, and courageous for them to do. What really helps is when that is not the case. You know, sadly, Dak's hurt right now, and but he came back and was was well received. All the players you've just mentioned, and you can go on to the Olympic athletes, of course, um, with Michael Phelps and. <clears throat> And, and that group. But to see those two things together, I think, brings tremendous hope to the kids. Well, again, I appreciate what you guys are doing and shining light on what I think is something that's extremely important and more and more people need to really understand what's going on and tell everyone how they can be involved if they want to reach out, if they want to help the Helensky's Hope Foundation. Sure. Uh, they can visit our website. It's helenskishope.org. It's hard. H-I-L-I-N-S-K-I-S-H-O-P-E.org. They can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, um, and or email me at Kim, K-Y-M, at helenskishope.org. Um, we are grateful to travel the country and to meet with student-athletes and, and we'd love if, if a university that's listening would reach out and we'll come and we'll speak with your student athletes. We'll share Tyler's story and our journey. And I think together we're going to change and save lives. Yeah. And join us October 1st through the 8th. We have something we do college football, mental health week. We've got 118 schools this year signed up. Wow. Just three years into this, we started with 18. We went to 65 at 118. If that's one of your schools, you know, cheer them on, support them. Um, watch the programming that kind of goes on that week if you're near to school. And if your school is not part of it, encourage them to join. It's free to be part of this uh, terrific way to message out to to the kids that we care about them. Um, And you can support us that way as well. Awesome. Well, thank you guys both so much for everything that you're doing, for sharing your story, for having the courage to to just go out there and do what you're doing. Thank you. And God bless you both. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having us. Located 25 minutes from Center City, Philadelphia, Cairn University is a biblical university centered on Christ and His Word. In any one of our 70-plus on-campus or online programs, you will receive an explicitly biblical and intentionally Christian education that integrates your faith and work. Be taught and mentored by invested faculty. Participate in a dynamic campus life and grow in your faith as you prepare for what's next. Learn more about our undergrad and graduate programs at cairn.edu. That's C-A-I-R-N edu. Tim Tebow has now surpassed Eli Manning, Jerry Rice, Brian Dawkins, and Travis Kelsey as the most frequent guest here on the AP Pro Football Podcast with his fourth appearance. It is always great to catch up with the 2007 Heisman Trophy winner and two-time national champion. Tim, thank you for joining me on the AP Pro Football Podcast. Great to have you on again. Comebacks are are the big story in football, especially this weekend. We saw what Tua Tungavailoa and the Dolphins did. As a guy who, as a quarterback who previously, you led a, a ton of comebacks. What goes into it, Tim? What's What's... 
the mindset that you have to have in that huddle on the sideline when your team is down to make sure that they understand you still got a chance? Yeah, you don't let doubt and negativity overtake you. I think that's massive, right? To you know, um, when you've had a tough first two, three quarters, whatever it is, you know, um, what's happening is it's so easy to get you know crevices in, in between you and other players, and oh, it's it's you know, it's my fault, it's your fault, it's our fault, whatever. But you can, continuing to bring people in, not letting a wedge come in between you, and don't let the negativity, don't let the doubt creep in. So okay. These are the reasons that we haven't had success. It is because of, you know, X, Y, and Z. And this is the solution. Come together. Here we go. If we make these, you know, adjustments, we're okay. I, I love being able to see some of the comebacks this weekend, even the ones that fell a little bit short, right? I mean, when you watch Joe Burrow, you see a dude that you know, he just does not flinch, you know? He, he doesn't. His mindset. And I think other people watch him and they say, dang, if he's not worried, I don't have to be either. You know, if he's not flinching, if he's not scared, I don't have to be either. And I think it's the sometimes the leadership that can rally that in people when it could be easy to point fingers. Oh, they're not pointing? Oh, we're okay. Let's just go do our job, right? And I think Joe's someone that, you know, every game he's in, he gives that to his team. He's done it for a long time. Um, I think you see, you know, the Dolphins comebacks crazy, right? They're that belief that they're starting to build in the in the, the locker room. You could even see it with a few of the comments they had this offseason, right? Um, and, um, you know, it's it's fascinating to see. I think you saw it this weekend in college football a lot too. Um, just the, some of the craziest comebacks. And I also think something that plays into it is how king momentum can be at times, right? When, when teams can get momentum, it can feel like, man, everything is uphill or downhill. When... And the truth is, it's really neither, but it can feel that way. And um, and it can just feel like, oh my gosh, when it's just rolling downhill against you, it feels like, what can we possibly do? But that's where the brotherhood, the arm in arm has to come into play. And I think in some of the special teams that I was on, is that's what, that's what the best thing was, is no matter what it felt like, uphill, downhill, good or bad, we were arm in arm, and that kept us locked in together. And and I think that's something else special. I think that's what you see in some of these teams right now. It's easier said than done when you say you make a mistake, you throw a pick, uh, a fumble, whatever it is, move on to the next play. Forget about it. How do you go about that, though? Because it's, you hear it from the fans. You may hear it on the sideline. Somebody may call you out. How do you move on to the next play and make sure you don't let that negativity, that doubt stick with you? It's so funny because you hear all the time, coaches and players say that but do they actually have a solution to that or they have to actually have something practical well I think one way is to address it to give a solution for it but then truly move on don't just keep bringing it up to that person if you're a coach don't you run it back coach don't keep telling your running back hey remember hold on to the football hold on to football no if you told him if you addressed it hey I want it high and tight I want five points of pressure I want you to lock into it don't keep reminding him of that. Don't keep, because that's just another form of negativity, right? You can do it in a positive way is, hey, dude, I believe you're the best running back in the country. You're the best one for our team, you know? And there's different ways of being able, um, all right, in, in this possession, we're going we're gonna to focus on, hey, what are our keys? What are our points? Remember, boom, 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 boom. Here we go. All of these things, right? And now I'm uplifting him, uh, you know, and I'm believing in him and I'm having him, you know, uh, you know, have a vision of what he's going to accomplish on the field versus, you know, oh my gosh, first quarter, do you remember what happened? You didn't hit the hole. 
you you know the, the you know the ball's not high and tight. You fumbled. You almost cost your team the game. All of these things, right? So there's the difference of how you balance it, right? And I'm not saying that it's important that you have to be able to have structure and, and explain it. But once you explain it, give the solution, and we got to move forward. And I think that's just it's so important in, in you know in in all sports, but especially football when it's just it's so it's so key, right? It's a busted coverage. It's going to happen all the time. You know, um, you know, but how can we learn from it, address it, move on, you know? And I think you see the best coaches and the best teams, they address it, they understand the weakness, they give the solution, they move on from it. Well said, Tim. Uh, All-State AFC Good Works team, it's in its 31st year, and you and I have talked about this in the past. How important is it really, Tim, to highlight what these young men are doing in the community and how that can be used, their platform can be used to encourage others, teammates, to do the same? Yeah, it's massive. Uh, I mean, using their platforms to have impact, I think, is the ripple effects are, are unknown. You know, how wide they are. I mean, you look at, you know, Anders Carlson and the work he's doing in the Dominican Republic, Caleb Williams, the work that he's doing, you know, on the West Coast with the Caleb Cares Foundation, you know, the, the Big Heart, Big Man FSU project, you know. I mean, it's just, it's awesome that, you know, what Coach Stoops is doing at Kentucky. I mean, the ripple effects are unknown, but they're massive. And I just, to me, it matters so much to celebrate that, to show it off, because it does inspire more people to to get involved and to do good and to make an impact. And I also think, you know, one thing that sometimes as a society we lose sight of is it's all on the field, on the field, on the field, when that's not all it is. And that's why I love the you know, all say AFCA good works team because it highlights who they are off of the field and the impact they have and because of the choices they've been willing to make. When they could go do what everybody else is, they're choosing to go make an impact because it matters enough and it's awesome to be able to see these young men do it, all 22 of them and Coach Stoops as the honorary coach. And I love it too that it's not just the FBS but the FCS and NAI and Division Two and Division Three. And you look at what some of these men are doing and you're like, holy cow. This is awesome, and you know what? And and I have the the privilege of having the chance to vote for it. And you should see it. It's like, oh my gosh, how do I weigh between these two? And I gotta pick one of them. It's so hard, and it's just amazing to see what they're doing. And and just honestly, so proud of them. And you know, I I want you know everybody to go check it out what they're doing because it will inspire you too. And these men are all they're doing great work, and and it's being highlighted, and we're talking about it. And then there are some of those who want to do something, Tim, and they just don't know where to start or how to begin. What would you say to those to those oh, kids and, to just get them would, encouraged? Yeah, I would say it's okay to start small. You know, find something that you care about. Find um, a nonprofit you care about. Find a cause that you care about, and just plug in and do something small, right? You know, as you, you know, go about your day today, when you see a way that you can make a difference, someone that needs a word of encouragement, a place you can volunteer, just start small and, and see what that does in your own heart and, um, and then continue to grow from that. But sometimes I feel like one of the reasons it's easy for us to not get involved is we always feel like, oh my gosh, if I do get involved, I have to start my own nonprofit or I have to do something massive when you know, sometimes what's important is that for you just do, do the little thing and let it grow and let it grow and let it grow. And um, and those little things can, can one day be massive, but it can also start to, you know, um, infect your heart how awesome it is to be able to give back and make a difference and see the lives change. And so, you know, um, let that seed take root in your own heart. Tim, my wife and I partnered with IJM and I know 
working against trafficking is something that's important to you and your wife, yes. and you've done work with them. And I've talked to a we lot do. of athletes. What inspired you to join that fight? Well, it's um, that's a long story. Over a decade ago, um, my dad was in a, um, a very remote country where faith's not allowed, and he was doing an underground pastors conference, and four girls were getting sold there. And he purchased the freedom of those four girls, and um, and that radically impacted my life of seeing that evil, one of the greatest evils in the world right now, um, is what is happening to so many people. It's an estimated 40.3 million people are trapped in human trafficking. And we're grateful for IJM and what they're doing. And we've been able to partner with them in many countries around the world. And, um, and we're just, we're grateful for how they've stood up for so many people who can't, um, stand up for themselves. And so, you know, grateful for you and supporting them. And, um, but there's so many amazing organizations that are making an impact. And I think what's important is we all have to come together to realize this is a massive issue that we all can play a part in, in, in standing up against, and we need to. Tim, appreciate you. Appreciate the work you're doing with them, and especially also highlighting here the Allstate AFCA Good Works team. Thanks again, and uh, have a blessed day, man. You too, brother. Appreciate you. Welcome back to the AP Pro Football Podcast. Pro Picks improved in week two, went 10 and 6 straight up and 8 and 8 against the spread. Let's get more winners for you. There are nine road favorites on the schedule this week, and I do like several to win. I like more home teams to cover the line. The Buffalo Bills, let's start out there, five and a half point favorites in Miami. The Bills have steamrolled the defending Super Bowl champion Rams and the Tennessee Titans, who are the AFC's number one seed last season, who are now 0 and 2. They have a franchise best, the Bills a seven-game winning streak over Miami, and they've outscored the Dolphins by a combined score of 61-11 in their last two games last year. Tua Tunga-Vailoa and and this high-flying offense, I believe they'll keep it close, but I'll take the Bills to win 30-26 so Miami gets the cover. Similar scenario in Indianapolis. The Kansas City Chiefs are six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Colts. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they're well-rested after a Thursday night win over the Chargers. The Colts are coming off an embarrassing 24 nothing loss at Jacksonville. Matt Ryan and that offense could not find the end zone. They always struggle in Jacksonville, no matter who the quarterback is. I think they'll keep this one close at home, but I'll take the Chiefs 27-23. I do like a small underdog for my upset special. Always got to give you an upset special, so I'll go to the Green Bay Packers plus one and a half at Tampa against the banged up Buccaneers. This is a preview of my NFC Championship game prediction. Brady and the Bucks they destroyed the Packers 38-10 in the 2020 regular season. Then they upset them at Lambeau in a conference title game and then went on to win the Super Bowl. Brady won't have Mike Evans because he's suspended for one game. The Buccaneers just have too many injuries to beat Aaron Rodgers again. So I'll take the Packers 23 23- 20. And for my best bet, I'm going to go to one of those road favorites, Cincinnati, minus four and a half against Joe Flacco and the New York Jets. Joe Burrow has taken a beating in two games. The Bengals, the defending AFC champions, are winless. I think they're set up nicely to get back on the winning track against a Jets team that's improved, but not to the point where I think they're going to get off to a two and one start. I'll take the Bengals 30 to 20. For more insight and predictions on every game, check out ProPicks on APNews.com. Located 25 minutes from Center City, Philadelphia, Cairn University is a biblical university centered on Christ and His Word. 
in any one of our 70-plus on-campus or online programs, you will receive an explicitly biblical and intentionally Christian education that integrates your faith and work. Be taught and mentored by invested faculty. Participate in a dynamic campus life and grow in your faith as you prepare for what's next. Learn more about our undergrad and graduate programs at cairn.edu. That's C-A-I-R-N dot E-D-U. Time for some final thoughts. It was a great week for a pair of Alabama quarterbacks. I already mentioned two of six touchdown passes for Miami at Baltimore. And then Jalen Hurts, Monday Night Football, had a spectacular game for the Philadelphia Eagles in a lopsided win over the Minnesota Vikings. He threw for 333 yards, completed over 80% of his passes. He had a touchdown pass. He ran for 57 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Both of these quarterbacks, Tua and Jalen Hurts, they face a ton of scrutiny, and it seems each week people are debating whether they can be franchise quarterbacks for their respective teams. Right now, it certainly looks like they can be. I know everyone has to have a definitive opinion every day, and that's how it seems to be in this hot take media landscape, but it is totally possible for a quarterback to improve from one year to the next, from one week to the next. Sometimes they regress, and sometimes they take a giant leap and they get better. So, Don't write off anyone too quickly, and at the same time, we don't have to hand out a gold jacket every week either. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you to Tim Tebow and the Holinskis, Mark and Kim, and thank you for listening. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. Also, check out my colleague Ralph Russo and his AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. Till next week, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. The AP Pro Football Podcast is presented by Cairn University.